Let's begin now. Get to it. A little after-hours action here on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Leggett's with you Tuesday night. So, Kristen Acero with us as well. Heavy Chiefs, right? But also, like, heavy AFC West. Today was a big day for the AFC West, in my opinion. A lot of theories come out. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think I saw the greatest license plate in my life. Now, I will never be this guy, but if you are, that's you, Daddy. Like, you can, you can be that person that gets a custom-made license plate. I never will. I would be afraid to have to hear my dispatch call of, like, what my license plate would say to the, the dispatcher's voice. But this person's license plate said, done working. I didn't know if that was just, like, a daily thing that they like to be reminded that they are done working when they go to their car or maybe it just means that they're retired. Windows, was it an older person? I don't know. Windows were tinted. Couldn't really get a makeup. Got the silhouette of the face, that's, that's, but that's it. That's the way to go. Yeah. You don't want people to Like, you know how there's always that guy driving next to you has to, like, break his neck to see, like, who yeah. are you trying to look for? Yeah, there's always Randy? some. Right. There's always some weird person that, that that's, like, looking right. at everyone in the cars at the stoplight. Like, like me, no, personally, bro. I'm screwed in my car because I think half the time I drive here, it's a rock show. Like, I am performing for 10,000 people on stage as a musician. Swear to God. Sometimes I'm like that. Like, if I had a camera in my car, one, I mean, it had to be a reality show. You'd have language that would probably not be suitable for kids. Singing like I think I am at the top of my game in the music world. Reality show. That's where that would be. Terrible singer, but when I get into a groove, because right now Apple Music has a cool setting. It's uh, It's got this playlist that I can go through and listen to every single one of the songs that maybe I listen to a lot in 2022. And there's some that you forget about, and they come on, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's June. I remember June. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Spotify's got that with the rap yeah. playlist, yeah. which is so great. Doesn't Spotify also tell you, like, who you listen to the right. most? Yeah, yeah, they listen, like, most listen to. They have, like, a, a little thing on there where it shows you, like. It's like a pie graph, right? Yeah, kind of like that. Like, it, has, it does lists. It's like a whole, like, graphic thing. Right. Kind of like, kind of like, like stories on, like, Instagram or Facebook. And, yeah, you can go through and see, like, who you listen to most, what genres you listen to, what songs you listen to, et cetera. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I did that. I just like to know where I was at the entire year. Because, like, like Snapchat will do that. It'll be like a year in review. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Snapchat's the best one. <laughs> I like it. Because I forget about pictures that I took. And then sometimes I'm like, do I really, at that moment, think that anybody gave a rip? Yeah. about this photo. It's usually a whole lot of that. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, maybe I didn't need to share that one. Right. Or I just could have been like, did anybody really care what my steak looked like? Cut it out. So it, it's more of like a reminder of, yeah, that's usually the one, you know, don't be that guy. Um, but where I want to start tonight, no red reaction show last night. Um, holiday. Cause I just found this out this year. I'm a slow learner, but I still learn. But I just found this out this year that if like a holiday like Christmas or New Year's starts on a, what is it, like a, like a Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, on the weekend. You get the next day off. So no Red Reaction show on Monday next week either because New Year's Day falls on Saturday, so Monday is an off day. Yeah, I was, I was pretty lucky to have Friday I didn't Monday know that existed. Off. Yeah, I, I got a, I got a four day weekend. So you were ready to go. You were you were feet up on the ottoman, chilling like Sunday. You had nothing to worry about Monday. Yeah, I went out of town, so oh, it, that's it right. wasn't a whole lot of that. It was a whole lot of traveling. Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was fun. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I was in uh, Southwest Kansas. Gross. It's six hour drive there uh, with nothing to look at. Oh yeah, it's just grass. I mean, you could place bets the whole time, I guess. Yeah, unless just, you were driving, then obviously you weren't staring at yourself. I phone. drove like. So my girlfriend drove the entire way there on, okay. on Saturday, and then she drove like a couple of hours, 
yesterday, and then I drove like the final four. So it was is is a long drive. That's a good uh, compromise, relationship wise. Yeah. Yeah. You go down, I'll go back. Yeah, she's she knows. I mean, it's right. her it's her hometown, so like she knows the it's way. It's easier to go there, but I'm starting to get the route right. down. It's easy. It was easier going back because I've done I've driven back before, so it's yeah. easier for me to get the route. That's fun. Trips are you can you can really find out who you are as a couple six hours in a car. It was a whole lot of like she was like working in the car, and then I was uh, I was listening to music. Did so. you go earbuds or did you keep it quiet so she could focus on work? No, I just played it in the over the ah, stereo. Okay. Pretty easy stuff. You ever jam out like I was talking about the steering wheel? Not with people in the car, oh, unless I'm drunk. Okay, well, hopefully you're not driving in those. Situations. No, definitely not. Yeah, okay. No, I definitely don't do that. Just a backseat yeah, performer. The only time, only time I'm singing in the car is if I'm drunk or in a car by myself. Like yeah. if people are in there, I'm probably drunk. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyways, where I want to start the show off tonight, Chris Nacero, Dusty Likens with you, six ten Sports Reader. This is After Hours. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Um, that was the best complete Chiefs game I've seen maybe all year on Saturday. They looked really good against or against uh, Tampa Bay, and they looked really good against San Francisco. But that team on Saturday, I know the second half was a little meh. It wasn't as exciting. But I think by the start of the third quarter or by halftime, I think the Chiefs knew that game was in the bag. Geno Smith wasn't doing anything. Tyler Lockett didn't play. And the Seahawks, basically the way that their game plan looked towards the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, they were just going to let Kenny Walker just run. That was that was it. Like There was no – and obviously DK Metcalf is exactly what we told you he is. He's a, he's a specimen. He is a Greek god. He is a physical just – that's that's the guy right there, man. Now, it's funny. They all, wore, they all went shirtless uh, prior to the game which I don't understand why you would ever do that. I mean, I get it, maybe like intimidation, but like they were covering their faces. Up, I think so. it's to send a message that we're not afraid of the cold. Don't, I don't think it's intimidation because like the but, Chiefs play in the cold all the time. Then so. they shouldn't have worn like the face covering. Like if you really aren't afraid of the cold, let's see. Let's see everything. Hey, like the lips are like the most sensitive part of your, uh, uh, one of the most situation. sensitive parts of your body. So. I feel like in that situation, it's, it's probably the nipples that are the most <laughs> sensitive in that situation. I don't Not everyone is like that, but like you, you're you probably worried about, about all that other stuff. You got to keep some part of your, of your body warm there, but Man, they want to send a message. We're not afraid of the cold. I don't, I don't blame them. I it's, think I would have had pasties on if I was an athlete. It's not my move. I would have just came out bundled up, be like, yeah, I mean, I could play football in this weather, but like, you know. Just come out in the Namath jacket? Yeah. But anyway, so they play Seattle. DK obviously does his thing. And then they just kind of gave it out and just were like, we're done. But it was still a game in which everything was what you wanted. The defense was absolutely strong. The defense looked fantastic. They were hitting every tackle. Nick Bolton, 17 of those. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And that linebacker core that looks like it's going to be fun to watch going down this playoff stretch. Also, uh, Furious George starting to live up to that nickname uh, that you hate. I hate that name. It's fine. It's terrible. That's why I said it. Um, and the offense looked like it was in rhythm. Now, this is kind of a, a, a dangerous point that Joe Summers had made on Twitter that I thought was kind of interesting. When the Chiefs are officially back with their roster that is solidified and true, which means McCall Hardman is back, this is going to be a very scary team inside the red zone. When you have a Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and a McCole Hardman, plus a Travis Kelsey and a Juju Smith-Schuster, that's a very scary team that can scheme its way inside the red zone. And one thing that Andy Reid has maybe not struggled with, but has always kind of been an enigma to his success is the fact that it's like you can go 66 yards and then the last 20 seem to give him headaches at times. And we saw the first play or the first score of the game to Kadarius Toney, which was that classic Mahomes. It counts as a passing touchdown, but really he's handing the ball off. And they scored. The offense looked like it was in unison. It looked like everybody trusted each other. Everybody was doing their thing. And Seattle isn't a bad football team. They're not a great football team. They're an above-average football team. But it's not like they were Houston or it's not like they're Denver they're not a bad football team. That was just a team that was outmatched in the elements at Arrowhead in December. And that's exactly what they looked like in previous years. 
And it seems like when the Chiefs play at home and it's that sort of that sort of feel outside, that sort of kind of vibe where it's it's brutally cold. Like there's no secret about it. It's brutally cold. But it seems like they're not phased. They're in their element. And it's this time of the year that they start to get that sort of mold. I think that's the best they've looked all season against Seattle. The defense was damn near flawless. The offense was kind of the same. The second half breaks started to get pushed down a little bit more. It was more so we're not really like worried about getting the ball into the end zone. We're just going to kind of coast this one out. We're going to let Pacheco and McKinnon kind of run their way out of this game and then lock it down. But that's the type of team you want to see from the Chiefs when the playoffs are around the corner, in my opinion. I think the first, there's a couple points here. First, I think Summers is kind of understating how dangerous the offense can be a bit because I think adding McColl to the offense isn't just a red zone improvement. Yeah. It's any point of the field because we know that McColl Hardman is a broken tackle or a juke away from taking it down the, down the field. Yeah. Like he's, he is, has such game breaking speed and such great agility and explosiveness that all he needs is a lane and he can take it to the house. And to me, that's something that's dangerous at any part of the field. They could throw a screen pass to him and he could take it to the house. <laughs> like I, I, I think that having him on the field, it, he's kind of that wild card. Like, I think at this point we can agree, like it's probably never going to be uh, like a, a number one wide receiver or anything like that, but he can be an impact slot receiver who just, as soon as he touches the football, he just makes magic happen and, and creates havoc for the defense because if they make one mistake, he's gone. And so I, I think him, Kadarius, and and all those guys, it just adds a little bit extra, uh, a little bit extra danger to what the offense already does. So I, I think that there's more to that than just the red zone. As far as like what we saw in the defense. I think the most important takeaway from what the defense did against Seattle is just tackle. Like it, it sounds simple and it sounds like very, very kind of like low level analysis, if you will. But like we've watched this defense for years, struggle to tackle players, just make easy tackles in short field situations. You, you've got a running back or receiver that catches the ball in the flats or catches the ball over the middle of the field for a couple yards. And the next thing you know, they make one move, make one cut, juke, spin, et cetera, and they turn it into an 8, 10, 12-yard game. Yeah, it happened against Cincinnati when Jamar yeah. Chase got that two-yard pass. Exactly. And then, yeah, he got the first down. Yeah, because these guys are, are missing tackles mm-hmm. or going in too high on a tackle and getting stiff-armed to oblivion. And I, I think that I was so impressed by, you know, not just like Nick Bolton. He's usually a very sure tackler, but like, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams going in and making tackles. Justin Reed actually making tackles like stuff like that is so important in the NFL, especially because teams are running more shorter routes and and focusing on trying to get more yards after the catch. It's really nice to see these guys just do the very basics well. And it's one of the reasons why they were so successful against the Seahawks because they ran a ton of man coverage. And if you run a ton of man coverage, you can't miss tackles. You miss tackles. That's a big play. So it was so important for them to just do the basic fundamental part of the game. And they did it so well. It's one of the reasons why their defense played so great against Seattle. Mm -hmm. It just felt like both sides of the ball were in the same area mentally, physically, and like, when that team is like that, it's just it's clean, it's methodical, it's just it's a well-oiled machine to give it all the the metaphors you want to give it or the analogies you want to give it to. But either way, Kansas City beats Seattle, and uh, can we get to the parlays already? Oh, we can. We can get to the parlays. We'll do that when we get back. Plus, speaking of parlays and betting, I think all of you can take a deep breath because you gotta know I'm going to talk about MVPs and futures next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.
I feel like I do a good job of giving the people what they want. Gotta tell you. Can we get to the parlays already? And then the text line floods over with parlays. You know me. I like to throw a little 10 spot down to try to win a little 119, 120, which means I'm not going to win. But I'm here for you, Daddy. I'm going to be that guy for you tonight. Yeah, man. That's that's me with you tonight. Tonight, the parlay is as such. It is a four-legger. It is plus 1,082. Jason Tatum over 29 and a half. John ja Morant over 27 and a half. LeBron James over 31 and a half. Joel Embiid over 31 and a half. We put 10 bucks down to win 118. We'll see what happens. As always, I will be a nervous wreck. But I feel like those guys can come through tonight. I think we can get it. I don't think you've won one that we've been on the air for. No, but I did win one on Christmas Eve. What was the what was the parlay? Minnesota money line, Bills money line, Bengals minus three, Chiefs money line. I was about to say you just did my money line parlay mm-hmm. that I do every week. But I did a I threw the one of the one game that I figured they'd cover the spread, which was Cincinnati. Boy, was that crazy. Did you see how that game ended? Yeah. So they were favored by three. Yes. They were up like 22 to 10 the entire game. You were sweating at the end of that. (laughs) They were in, they were in range at least, at least cover though. They were going to, they were going to go for a touchdown. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, man, I was sweating before that happened because Minnesota was making me sweat. And then their big cat. Hit that 61 yarder, longest in franchise history or something like that. Didn't matter. I was up and out. Piped it right down the middle. No time left. Minnesota hit it. Then, then the Cincinnati game. What was it? Cincinnati fumbled. Then Ramondre Stevenson inside the 10 fumbled. They reviewed it, overturned it, and then he fumbled again. Which should have been forward progress. Right. But first it was funny. Cause like I was rewatching like, like, like uh, some of the bad calls this year and they had those two forward progress calls in that, in that Vikings and, right. and Colts game from last weekend that they, they, they should have been fumbles, but they called, they stopped. They said his forward progress stopped. And then in this game, they actually had his forward progress get stopped. And then they still called it a fumble. It was ridiculous. Joel Embiid already at eight points. I think you might. You'll, you'll be good on that, I think. Somebody says from the 816, last Wednesday when Bobby Portis was at the end of the bench, you said you were done till the Super Bowl. I'm a scumbag. I mean, let's be honest here. He, he wasn't done. Yeah. He wasn't done. <laughs> I could have told you that. You yeah. talked about that when we were on the air together last week. I was like, oh, you're not yeah. done. So I said, you know, I said I wasn't going to bet. And then I really sat down in my room at home. And I said to myself, you know what? Let's put one together that we think we could take to the promised land. That we think that if you got to win one, you got to win it. And you know what we did? We won it. And when that church service hit, oh, holy night, and my my phone buzzed and 49ers beat the snot out of the commanders, I went into full sing mode on the Christmas Eve. You better believe I did. Sound like Russell Wilson. No, because I wasn't like, I was singing like, oh, holy night. Like That's like a Christmas church song, right? Like that's just like part of the vibe. I wasn't going to people's face and being like, hey, man, and like high-fiving fake people and doing stuff like that. We just do Christmas traditions around here. Somebody says, no way LeBron James hits. Let me tell you what LeBron James has had his last few games, young man. 38, 34, 31, 33, 30, 33, 35. Boy, you took the over on that one? I did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the odds are a bit against you, but, you know. You might. I mean, he's got a Based on recent performance, you got a good chance. You got to just do it, man. No Anthony Davis, but that's the parlay tonight. Which is no shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like I got into a debate with one of my friends yeah. who was like trying to blame the Lakers for his injuries. I'm like, bro, what, what in his history has told you that he can stay healthy at any point? He's always been hurt. That's why they call him street clothes. Now it's basically like he has like plantar fasciitis or something. He has some sort of foot injury. Um, 
Made a small parlay tonight from Lance. Nuggets money line, Jokic 25 plus, and Murray 20 plus. It's a plus 436. Good luck. I hope you hit it. That's what you got to do, man. You got you to gotta tell yourself to your face when you want to throw down a bet, can you do this? Can you close your eyes and tell yourself, does this have a chance? And I think it does. Love the show, Dusty. Got a parlay for you. SGA, LBJ, and MB 35 plus, plus 1,500. Grimes. Thanks for loving the show. I hope that hits. If that's what you put in tonight, I hope it hits. But something that we put in a long time ago, and we really lost this segment really quickly, but something we put in a long time ago was that Mahomes futures bet, right, that everybody knows that I talk about constantly, never never not talking about. This is now beyond the MVP this season, and now I think, and I, I know that I talk about this young man a lot because of how great he is at his sport that he plays that is the number one sport in the United States, that everybody sits on their couch every week and watches. Patrick Mahomes is a clear favorite to win the MVP at this point in the season. You could probably get rid of the bet now. You could probably go ahead and tell somebody that you owe money to, maybe that you are that person, that you got some money coming your way. You just got to wait until, like, the end of January. Stop owing people money, guys. Sometimes it's like that. And this is from Mark Gunnels on Twitter. He says, Patrick Mahomes is clearly the favorite to win the MVP. Check Las Vegas if you don't believe me. This would be his second MVP, and he's only 27. He's clearly the best quarterback in the league. Everyone else is fighting for second. So who is the second best quarterback in the league? It's clearly Josh Allen, but we don't have to debate that tonight. What I want to get to is that the legacy of Patrick Mahomes is being built in front of your eyes, and sometimes you just need to slow down and watch it. Because what this young man is doing in his first five seasons, remember, he sat one full year. But what this young man is doing in his first five years is absolutely sickening to the competitive world. This might be the last MVP that Patrick Mahomes wins in quite some time because of where he's about to enter himself into. Into a atmosphere of one and only in his sport. Like, you know how Nick Wright does the basketball pyramid every year? If you did a football pyramid at this point, or even after this year, if you want to wait until the ink is dried and it is official stamp put in the book and sent to Cooper's, not Cooperstown, Canton, Ohio, then Patrick Mahomes is at the top of that triangle. But the thing is, there is a substantial gap between the next player. And that next player to me is Josh Allen, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a young man who's 27 years old who's on the cusp of winning his second MVP, going to the playoffs again, never won less than 10 games in a regular season, never not won his division, never not played in any game other than the championship game in his AFC division, and he's won the MVP twice, won a Super Bowl MVP, and won a Super Bowl. These are things that when you think about, like you want to talk about parlays and being like plus 3,900, you draft a quarterback and you did a five-leg parlay, and it just happened to be five years with these little nuggets in it. Man, that's a that's like a forty, that's like a fifty-six thousand parlay. Like that's what you put to one dollar, you'd win fifty-six thousand dollars on that. That's how insane these let these ladder rungs are getting that Patrick Mahomes is accomplishing. And it's not only because of the awards, like the the medals or the plaques or the official statement that he is in fact better than you talking to everybody else in the NFL, it's how he's gotten to that point. And it goes as far as even just the, the touch of the goal line or of the pylon. Because if you dissect that play more and more and more, and he talked about it today with Carrington Harrison on the drive. If you dissect that play even more, there's three things that go into that that you're not watching live or even maybe the second time you watch that game. And one is... He's looking at four different potential targets. All four are covered. That's one. He's then looking to score and does. That's two. But not only that, he has the mental capacity and the knowledge and the know-with-all to know all he's got to do is just barely touch that pylon and it's a touchdown, but stay in bounds. And what does he do? You see the picture where he is completely horizontal with the ground or parallel with the ground, and all he does is barely touch that thing. The refs get together, can't deny it, touchdown. It's stuff like that 
that makes me think how insanely talented and how insanely great this legacy that is being built at the age of 27 is. Never played a road playoff game. He started for a team for five years, not even officially a full five years, and he's going to win two MVPs within the first five years. We all know the playoff scenario. AFC lost. AFC won, Super Bowl. AFC won, Super Bowl lost. AFC lost. Where are we headed this year? I don't know, but I know that the talent that this guy has and the smarts and the brains for this game and that it's already there and that this stuff is clicking at 27, I don't even want to know what he looks like at 32. That's five more years. Imagine the first five, add five more. His first 10 years in the league, if he goes on pace, he's looking to be a three- to four-time Super Bowl champion in 10 years, three- to four MVPs. You've got to think anytime the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he's probably winning Super Bowl MVP. We're literally beginning to see the greatest football player to ever play the game. I'll listen to Brady because of rings, but Brady didn't do stuff like this. Yes, he could get methodical drives, and he could really kill you and slit your throat in the middle of your sleep, and you looked at the scoreboard, and it was you were done. Field goal was coming out, over. Patrick Mahomes, the little sidearm throw to McKinnon, the no looks, the no of the field, like he's never over the line of scrimmage when he does those scramble plays because he knows exactly where it is inch by inch. 27 years old. I think the, the interesting thing about this is like, Every young quarterback who gets into the game at some point experiences a talent drop off around them. Yeah. Everybody does that. I mean, we saw it for you. I mean, Drew Brees had to go through that. Peyton Manning at points had to go through that. Um, though, you know, he did have a, a couple of Hall of Fame receivers or, or one in the Hall of Fame. One should be in the, another one that should be in the Hall of Fame, Reggie Wayne. Um, and he had some points where he had to go make receivers better. He had yeah. to go make a Brandon Stokely better or an Austin Colley better. Sure. Uh, you know, there's always that point where you have to find a way to build up new talent around you because the guys that you have there start to fall off. And sure. Dan Marino experienced that early in his career, his second year in the league, he won MVP basically, basically set the standard for what an elite passer is from a statistical standpoint. And then after that team started to do the exact same thing that they've been doing with Patrick Mahomes, basically every quarterback now where it's like, let's play deep coverage and let's force you to throw it short. And Marino's numbers dropped off. He didn't have quite the success that he had in 84. Yeah. Uh, it's different now. Because Mahomes, when teams have been doing the same thing that they do to all the other great quarterbacks, has found a way to flourish. He's still, I mean, right now, he's still in the in the conversation, in the running to potentially break the all-time passing yards record. Mm-hmm. And he's still, you know, he's very much in play to get to well over 40 touchdown passes uh, to, to finish the season. Yeah. And... You, you look at this situation, he loses his best wide receiver in the offseason via trade. And a lot of quarterbacks, and this is going to be something that you're going to see at some point, probably pretty soon with the Bills, because Stephon Diggs has been in the league for a minute. At some point, he's going to have to fall off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's going to be a little while, but at some point, Joe Burrow's going to have to experience that too. But Mahomes is experiencing it right now, and he's still playing great. He's still putting on performances and making the plays that he needs to make. And I think to me, that's the most impressive part about this whole situation is that he's experiencing a talent drop off and his production has gone up. If that doesn't tell you the kind of trajectory he's on, I don't know what does. Because at this point is, you know, the rings and the MVPs and all that, just looking at what he's done, losing talent to me, is probably the most impressive thing you can show when you're at this stage of your career. Not only the losing of the talent, but, I mean, like, you lost, what, the second best wide receiver in the NFL in a league where the the talent has shifted to where the full, rich core of, of players is wide receiver. Like, when you're looking at yourself going, is it Tyreek or is it Justin Jefferson? That's how good the NFL's wide receiver core is. That's one and two. And you lost that guy. And you see what A.J. Brown has done to Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts is having an MVP season with A.J. Brown as his wide receiver. So it's a fun 
thing to debate, but I mean, I don't know how to tell you any better way than don't take it for granted. Sit back and enjoy it. It's a legacy that's been built for four years. This is the fifth year of it being built. And the sad part about it is that he's only 27 years old. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Also, to all of you people that put in futures on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP, congratulations on cashing that in. It's a good day. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty nice. Sunday nice, was, nice Sunday was a good day, man. Yeah, I mean, or Saturday. I'm sorry. I mean, Saturday really, Gardner day. Minshew won Patrick Mahomes the MVP. And that's what we talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's he, exactly what we talked about he, last week. We said <laughs> if he goes out and just keeps it competitive, yeah. they're going to say that, okay. If, if not for the turnovers. I'm man. not going to lie to you, man. That was his first game in a long time. Was, I trust. Nice to watch I would trust Gardner Minshew to win you a playoff game with that Eagles team. Yeah, yeah. I, they could I don't know if you're going to get sure. to the NFC Championship game, but I think you could win a home game, round two, you know, a week off with more practice and more reps. I think Gardner Minshew could win you that playoff game. NFC Championship game, different story. Depends on the team. I mean, right? I mean, the NFC is just weird. If they play San Fran, yeah, no, that ain't happening. But if they were to play like a Minnesota or somebody, I wouldn't put it past them to beat that team. Yeah, or like the Giants or Washington yeah. or, or somebody the like Cowboys that. Or the Cowboys again, because they almost Man. beat the Cowboys in Arlington with that team. Yeah, no, I know. I, I think I would take the Eagles in that with Gardner Minshew if they were to play again. And as we talk about Mahomes, John Ewing of MGM or of, uh, yeah, he's with MGM. He says, as of right now, Patrick Mahomes odds to win the NFL MVP at BetMGM Plus 700 is what it opened up at their casino. I got it at plus 900. Last week, he was at minus 250. This week, it is minus 500. Um, Mahomes is the biggest liability to win the award. So, congratulations again to all of you um, that cashed. I want to get to something here because we got a text, and this is kind of crushing. But from the 316, hey, Dirty, my favorite 610 guy. Thank you for that. I need some positivity in my life. The mother of my son just passed away. Squeeze in a shout out somewhere for her. Katie was a huge Chiefs fan. Listening to you help clear my head tonight. Love you, bro. You too, Chris. So I can pause one second from sports. When I lost my mother a few years back, this helped me cope. Sports helped me kind of do it. So if there's anything that we can be a part of in helping you tonight, shout out Miss Katie. The best thing advice I can give you, live in gratitude, don't live in grief. Probably gone way before her time, but take the times that made the smile, made the fun times, think of those. And have fun with us tonight. Because once these parlays start getting wild, once these games get under wraps, I don't know what side of me is going to come out. I just know right now, I'll look at the break. The Lakers are up 33 to 27, and the Sixers are up 24 or down 24 to 28, which means points are being scored. But for your loss tonight, and for Miss Katie, who is off to a better place, I'm sorry for your loss. I thank you for listening, and I'm going to do the best damn job I can to help you have a good time the rest of your night. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Cody and Gold, weekdays starting at 10 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back in on After Hours, Tusty Leggings with you. Jay Southland, Toe Service, text line 913-586-7610. Fun times ahead, fun times behind, fun times right now. LeBron's starting to heat up, Chris. He's got six. I like that man when he scores. Not so much when he doesn't. Joel Embiid um, loves to score. Oh, he has to score for that team. Right. <laughs> they need him to love scoring. And he's just an animal, man. Like, he just, he's already got 16 points. 
Four for four from the free throw line, six of nine from the field, and he's chucked a three. JoJo will chuck a three. That's always kind of like if you want to do those like parlays of like circumstances, a plus like one three for Joel to hit, like always like plus 105 or something that can like make or break your leg. A parlay is not like in life. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that making a bet doesn't break your leg. And now we got the Rockets and Celtics getting ready to start. We got another 15 or so minutes till the Spurs or the Suns and the Grizzlies get going. And then we're ready to go, man. Man, who'd have thought Memphis would have been favored by eight against Phoenix? Yeah, they don't have it. I mean, they're like, I think the three best players aren't playing. So, yeah, yeah, I would I would take the Grizzlies and the points there. Right. You excited for Monday night like I am? Like, I'm really excited for Cincinnati Buffalo. Like, outside of Kansas City games where, like, they mean something or they're a big matchup, this is probably the most I've been excited for a game not involving Chiefs and Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, those type of teams. This is one of the more interesting games outside of a Chiefs matchup that has an interesting narrative to it as well. This game is Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. And someone where we were talking earlier about Patrick Mahomes as being the number one quarterback is winning the MVP and like it's everybody else in the battle now is who's the second best. That's what this game is. In my opinion, who's got more, you know what, when it comes to playing the position at quarterback, this is in Cincinnati the day after new year's Monday night football, number one seat on the line. Cause somebody had texted in and I know you already responded to it, but they said, can burrow win the, the MVP somehow if in, Really, the only way he does it is Chiefs lose to Denver or Vegas. Bengals beat Buffalo, beat New England, I think is their last game, and get the number one seed. That's the only case scenario for Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think Josh Allen can win it. I don't think there's enough he can do. I know they can be the one seed and he could have a good couple weeks, but he had such a weird stretch of like four to five games with that shoulder or that elbow injury. His defense has bailed him out too much for yeah. him to be a real. That's why Burrow jumped him because yeah. his defense has helped him out too much. And Burrow's been great the last three weeks. Right, right. Great might be strong. He's been damn good. But this is Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. This is the number one seed on the line. This is Monday Night Football. This is sit back and enjoy it. Because if Buffalo loses, you know exactly what that means. Every single Chiefs fan in Kansas City should be watching this game. Not only that, you know how Chris and I tell you when the Chiefs play bad teams like they're about to play this weekend, they don't show anything. Buffalo and Cincinnati will have to show everything physically possible in order for their teams to be successful and win this game. You're going to see Cincinnati and Buffalo put their A game out there on the line. How it is translated into the game that I don't know Cincinnati losing their right tackle, but Buffalo losing their edge rusher and Von Miller. Lel Collins done for the year. Von Miller done for the year. So that a wash Jamar chase, Stefan Diggs in joy, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Now Buffalo's defense, mighty, 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 mighty more better than the Cincinnati defense. But this is a traveling game. Probably not going to be the, the, the warmest of temperatures. And if Buffalo loses, man, you know who sits at the top. It ain't no secret after that one, son. And I just think that this is one of the better games outside of a local game that you would be caring about, like a Chiefs versus Buffalo, Chiefs versus Cincinnati. This is one of those games where there's like four teams involved. Buffalo wins. The one seed's done more than likely. One seed's done. You're the two seed. If you continue to win in Cincinnati, well, I guess then Cincinnati would lose. So, you, so yeah, Buffalo wins. Buffalo's top. Chiefs two. Cincinnati three. Possibly Baltimore five. Your four seed is the South winner. So Jacksonville or Tennessee right now. It's Jacksonville. And then we have a conversation a little bit later tonight about what happens with that last spot. But man, Buffalo, 
This game is big, man. This is a big game. Yeah, it's really exciting to think about because a you you mean you you don't you wouldn't really want to see the Bengals like get a big win over the Bills when the Chiefs weren't able to do that at home. So uh-huh. like part of that it, it, at that point it, the narrative is like you know even if the Chiefs get the one like I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals came in as a slight favorite at Arrowhead in the playoffs just because of them beating them three straight times, including in the AFC championship game last year. So um, certainly that's not going to be like your best scenario there. Um, So like, that's certainly something you got to, you got to think about there. Plus in all likelihood it, it here's the thing. If the Bengals win in this situation, it really helps the chiefs out a lot, not just in the scenario because you are getting the one, but also because it's more than it's very likely, incredibly likely uh-huh. they play each other again in the divisional round of the playoffs, that two, three matchup they're facing off against each other again. And that means that you only have to face one of those two teams in the playoffs, uh-huh. which is your ideal scenario. Um, and I'm not like, uh, you know, Hey, I want the easiest path because um, if you want to be the best team in the league and if you want to be a dynasty, you just have to beat every team regardless. It's the reason why, like, I don't care who comes out the NFC. If the chiefs go to the super bowl Um, at the end of the day, you're going to beat everyone anyways, but it would be an optimal scenario for a team that has a lot of young players to get a week off. Then you face off against the South winner, which, you know, I, I think, or, or one of the wildcard teams that beats the, the South winner, or mm-hmm. if there's an upset with a team beating the two or three and, you know, you get that. And then you host whoever comes out of the, the, the pack at home. That would be your dream scenario. Even if it's not like you facing all the best teams and beating all the best teams. Um, so that in that scenario, that helps you too. Because at that point, you're solidifying that you're not going to have to play both of them unless something happens here. Actually, no, actually, no it's not, that's not possible, actually, because whoever that South winner is is going to be so behind the other two teams, they're not going to be able to jump them. So, yeah, Bills-Bengals would be a rematch more than likely in the divisional round, and that helps the Chiefs out, too, because you only have to beat one of those two. So I, I really do think at this point this, this Monday matchup has a lot on the, on the line as oh, far great. as – clearing up the path for a Super Bowl berth for the Chiefs. Um, but at, at the same point, like, it is, if the Bills win, that doesn't mean the Chiefs don't have a chance in the playoffs. They can go to Buffalo and win. Um, that's even if they have to go to Buffalo, because twice in the last four years they've had the two seed, they still hosted the last four conference championship games. Right. So it's still very possible that the, that the Bills lose, especially considering the fact that the offense doesn't seem to have a lot of punch power right now. So uh, it's very possible they can get upset too. Crazy things happen in the playoffs all the time. So I hope Chiefs fans aren't sweating this game too much. This isn't the, the Chiefs season on the line on, on in, in, during that game between the Bills and the Bengals. Right. It's just not. It just It's the optimal path to a championship for the Chiefs that is on the line in this game. Just clears a lot of questions for a lot of people that are wondering how it's going to look going forward. So it's a big game. A lot of teams involved. Two teams play it. Four teams watching. Coming up, uh, some news today inside the AFC West and why I think there's a theory that people think you can't do this, but I think you should do this. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in, final segment of the 6 o'clock hour here on After Hours. Dusty Leggins with you, Chris Nassero with you as well. 913-586-7610 if you want to intervene with the two of us, feel free. The floor is open. Um, Monday Night Football, man. Finally has that vibe again. I wonder, is that a Manning cast game? I think so. I mean, if that's not a Manning cast game, they they really need to renegotiate this deal with the with Omaha Productions. Uh-huh. If that's not a Manning cast game, 
I feel like that would be one that they would probably have like looked at the schedule and been like probably a top three game they would have picked. In my opinion. Um, RIP to East Bay Magazine, man. Countless times. That catalog was on my desk at school or somehow positioned perfectly in my binder to where I could look at what shoes were coming out, what Jordan collection we were going to get, how much my parents were going to tell me, you're not spending that on those clothes. I, uh, we would, we would have, we would always have someone that would procure an eBay, an East Bay magazine back in the day. And usually it would be, some people would try to use it in class, but you know, teachers would be like, you need to, you need to put that away. Usually though, like gym class was mm. the one we were like chilling in the locker room after we get dressed out and oh, yeah. uh, we're just sitting around waiting for our coach to get out of the, out of his office. He out here singing like earth, wind and fire mm. playing on magic one Oh seven. Nice. And uh, yeah, we'd just be sitting there looking around at the different deals. eBay had, I mean, East Bay had everything in there, oh, all yeah. the shoe deals they had clothes in there. I jerseys. remember when jerseys too. I remember when they had like when grills started getting popular, like 05 and whatnot. That's when like all the grills were <laughs> towards the back end of the of the magazine there. And everybody was pricing out grills to get. So it was it very fond memories of East Bay from uh back in my high school days. Yeah. Too bad I can't have a renaissance. Um Ian Rapport with this today. Anyway, so Tom mentioned the uh, the sideline skirmish yesterday. That was really emblematic of a lot of the issues here. And, you know, the play on the field was terrible. The quarterback play, terrible. But the fighting on the sideline may have been worse because that was a sign that Coach Nathaniel Hackett had really lost his team. Complete disorganization on the sideline. Players running amok, yelling at each other. It was all bad, but but that was really a sign that it could actually get worse. Things could really implode in the locker room. You'd seen players playing hard the last couple games. That was not that yesterday. It was all bad. A clear, clear sign that this team was very much over first-year coach Nathaniel Hackett. And, and Tom's right. There were signs early that this was not working out. The the uh, issues in the first game, really, they had, had to hire a game management coach you know, within the first couple of weeks in Nathaniel Hackett's tenure, that was a really, really terrible sign. Nothing ever went right for the Denver Broncos. They got to get some coach in here to help fix Russell Wilson, make him into a good quarterback again, because they have no choice. They're committed to him monetarily for years to come. There is a choice. And I know it's going to sound egregious. I know it's going to sound like, oh, well, Dusty, you can't do that. You can't have Russell Wilson part of your team. You have to just literally look yourself in the mirror and say, we got to let this go. We got to eat that money. We got to eat this humble pie and realize that we got it wrong. We lost a draft pick. This is probably the darkest time of our franchise's history. Without a doubt. That man cannot lead anybody on a team. There is no trust in Russ. Denver is cooked. Russell Wilson burnt them. He put them in the oven. He fell asleep. You cannot save that oven. You cannot save that food. It is time to just absolutely cut your ties. Russell Wilson cannot be a quarterback of a franchise anymore. I literally think Russell Wilson is broken beyond repair. I know that on Twitter it says that there are theories that he can be fixed. I don't think Russell Wilson could be good under Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield has actually looked decent under Sean McVay. There is still belief that Baker Mayfield has something left in him more than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is done. That franchise is over. That franchise has missed the playoffs for seven consecutive years. The Chiefs have won that division consecutively seven times. Russell Wilson has to go team is fighting he has no leadership he has no trust he has no backing this is more than Nathaniel Hackett getting fired Hackett was Russ's guy it was their system that they wanted to convert in Denver it is not working 
I know financially they are tied to Russell Wilson, but you just cannot have him be on your team. In fact, no NFL team can at this point. He's too exposed. He's too much in belief of what he's doing, and he's too much exposed to what his talent level is. He's lost it. It's not just the yips. It's not a six-week thing. It's not a two-game thing. It is a career thing. Russell Wilson is absolutely terrible. And when they showed the shot of him talking to his sideline or his offensive line with a football over his face on the sideline in front of linemen, that man is not in the same world that we are. He is lost, cannot be found, cannot be fixed, cannot be saved. You just have to eat that contract. And they're now linked to Dan Quinn as their next head coach. They don't need a defensive mind in there. Get somebody in there that's an offensive genius. It's not going to be Sean Payton. I'll tell you why later tonight. Dan Quinn, that's the guy they want next in their line. He was one that was considered for the job. They went Nathaniel Hackett. And if you want my honest opinion, they ought to send John Elway's sorry ass down to the sideline and make him coach the next two games because he did this. He put them in this position to where they were so desperate and pining for a talented quarterback that they've just screwed it up ever since Peyton's gone. Brock Osweiler was one of them. What was that dude they drafted where they traded up to get him because they thought the Chiefs might take him? Paxton Lynch. Yeah, he sucked. And they're just not getting it right. And then they just went and gave 250 to to Russell Wilson and then gave him all these incentives and all these little nuggets in his contract. Office with the leather chair. Control over this. No music of this. No, no, No this artist. Denver's cooked. You just have to eat that contract. That's my advice. There's one way you get out of this. Cut ties completely and restart. It's going to hurt. It's going to burn. You're going to have to give a hell of a sales pitch to your fan base and to your ownership. But, man, you keep him there, that cancer and that that sadness is going to continue to grow. And then you're going to be too far into where it's just you might become the Lions. That's my personal opinion. Another personal opinion is I said in the middle of July from St. Joe that this defense could be a little nasty. They're getting past a little, and they're getting to a lot nasty at this point. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.